Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. It's a great privilege to be able to speak with you, and I have all week on the theme, the Acts of the Apostles. We've been doing some readings from the Book of Acts. And uh, today, being Friday, April 16th, will be our last time looking at the Book of Acts, and then next week we'll go into a different theme. But one more looking at the Book of Acts here. So today's readings are the 30th Psalm, Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34, and Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 19. And let me go ahead and read some from Acts chapter 9 for you. Um, Let me start in verse 10. This happens just after the first part of the reading from verses 1 through 9 is Paul having the vision on the Damascus road. Now, there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. And he got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So what a wonderful passage. And here, just to draw your attention to the way that God uses Ananias, and how it seems that God appears to have picked Ananias because he had some prior knowledge about Paul or I should say Saul, he's still Saul at this point, right? Ananias knows who Saul is. Ananias knows what Saul has done, and Ananias knows why Saul is here, (laughs) right? He says to, Lord, I heard from many about this man. He's done evil to your saints in Jerusalem. Here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all uh, who invoke your name, right? So Ananias knows, right? And yet, what God says in response to Ananias is fascinating. He essentially says, Ananias, actually, you've got this all wrong. (laughs) He actually is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. This is actually who he is. Ananias, you can't see this. And in fact, the fact that you know, quote unquote, know so much about who Saul is, makes this all the more important that I'm choosing you to do this because I'm helping you to see that there's a whole different identity that I have for this person in mind than the identity that they have for themselves or that you might know him as. This knowledge that Ananias has makes it all the more likely that God is going to be glorified in Paul's conversion. He was this, now he's this. 
and that God's going to be glorified in Ananias' decision. Right, the fact that we see God working in two different lives in two very different ways. With Saul, God is, you know, knocking him off the horse, showing up in a bright light, blinding, bringing Saul to his knees. I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting, right? With Ananias, though, he goes and he speaks in a much more almost reasoned tone and says, trust me, trust me, just go and do this. And God is glorified in both responses, right? God is glorified by the person who is just knocked off their horse and blinded. God is also responded by, or is glorified by the person who responds in faith when God says, do this in a way that's not threatening or terrifying. You know, sometimes in my life, uh, I, I mean, I've lived kind of a boring Christian life, have not really run away from the faith, have never, you know, rebelled. And I mean, I, there's certainly things I do wrong. Please don't hear me saying I never sin. But, you know, like, I, I don't have these kind of, this kind of grand Saul-like conversion story. Um, but I'd like to think that God is glorified in the way that he's worked in my life in the same way he is to work about, that he's worked in Saul's life. And the fact that Ananias had every reason to say no and yet chose to say yes, when God simply asked, you know, that also gives God glory. And that's the call for us right now too, you know, like there are things that we intuit as true, things we feel are true about the people around us. We're very clear when we look at the American political landscape, who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. Sometimes we measure people's uh, Christian valor by how willing they are to kind of get angry at their enemies. That's not the case with Ananias, right? God says, you know, you see them as an enemy. I don't see them that way. And so will you go and treat them as brothers and sisters? And again, that powerful line when Ananias shows up and says, Brother Saul. Do you see? Do you see that? How amazing that is, right? That, that Ananias, everything in him tells him Saul is a murderer, Saul is a threat. But in, because God says Saul is a brother, Ananias lives out of that reality and says, Brother Saul. I'm quite sure Ananias would not be recognized as deeply Christian by some of the more angry Christians that I know now, who are very concerned about threats to the faith, who are mostly concerned with kind of protecting, protecting, protecting. Ananias saw a threat to the gospel, but dared to believe that he was more than a threat to the gospel because Jesus told him so. Right? And that's what we're invited to. Right to realize. Now, this is not to say that every experience is going to turn out just like this, but but God's experience with Ananias, where He sees more in this person than Ananias is capable of seeing, that's true for us, and we've got to be open uh, to that in our lives and in our dealings with the, pe the, the people that the world calls our enemies. God, we're thankful for the deep love that's ours in Jesus. We're thankful, God, that You work in many different ways in many different lives. We thank you, God, for the faithful witness of Ananias. You, we pray that you will make us faithful when you call us to step outside and to talk to our enemies as if they were brothers. Make us faithful followers of you. We ask this through Christ. Amen. All right, everyone. We'll look forward to, uh, again, no podcast over the weekend. We'll look forward to joining with you again next week. And uh, next week... Our theme for the week is Letters of Hope and Challenge, and this is a week where we look at some of the pastoral epistles of the New Testament. Um, so that's what we'll be doing 
next week is looking at letters of hope and challenge. Until then, have a wonderful weekend, and uh, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.